You're listening to Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, Jürgen. Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in. Hello, hello. You are listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Welcome. This is Ron, your host for today. And thank you again for joining us. And we have a great show for you today. And I know we have our mayor of Lubin here with us today. But I would like to introduce my co-host for today, Marianne. Say hi. Hey. Hey. Um, I know we just want to, I know we had a, a lot of, um, we had an Easter break, so we might discuss a little bit of the things, uh, the places that we, uh, we went to and what you did. I mean, I did a lot of uh, uh, writing my thesis. So I don't know, where did you go? I forgot. Yeah, actually, I just, um, I, I spent a lot of time uh, checking out the cheapest flights I could. So um, I flew to Berlin for 15 euros, then I flew to Greece for 15, uh, <laughs> then to Romania for 20. <laughs> yeah. I mentioned on the last show that uh, I, I mentioned that I thought it was going to be, um, uh, or I thought it was going to be like, uh, I was a backpacker and I thought I would know how to do it, but apparently I was not right. So this time I need to learn from you. But, but, uh, but before we go, uh, before we continue, um, uh, we would like to, um, we're actually, we're looking forward to our guests uh, to hear what he has to say and talk about Belgium and some of the questions we came up but. Before I want to take a music break, and here's a song from my favorite band, uh, Shining from Heaven, Bob Sinclair. We'll be right back.
Hello, you are listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Welcome back. We have a, uh, we had actually a plan set up, but I know uh, the mayor of Blueven is really busy and we would like to accommodate his time. So we're putting on right now. Welcome, Mr. Uh, Ridwani, right? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me here. You know, thank you so much for, having, uh, for coming to us. And it's really, really appreciate your time and taking your time to uh, come on show. It's a pleasure. Yeah. Um, well, I think one of the things that I would like to um, start with is like, can you tell a little bit about yourself and maybe some of the international students don't know who you are? So my name is uh, Mohamed Ridouani. I am. Uh, uh, I've been born. I was born in Leuven and raised in Leuven. I went to school in Leuven. I studied here. I'm an economist uh, from my background. Uh, my parents came here as the first shift of labor migrants uh, from Morocco in the 70s, actually. Um, so uh, going into politics was not. Uh, that obvious for me, but maybe we can talk about it uh, later on. What I can convey to the uh, international students is that um, I'm a very proud mayor because uh, today we have uh, 171 nationalities living here in Leuven, and most of them are linked to the presence of our, of our beautiful university and the knowledge institutions we have here. And uh, what is even uh, more interesting is that uh, the people of Leuven um, understand that it brings good things to us. In fact, we cherish diversity and we have been doing it for uh, for centuries uh, since the university exists uh, more than 500 years. So, um, as a mayor, I've started that uh, in January, legislation of six years, and if you look at our strategic plan for the coming six years, you will see that uh, we have um, big international ambitions. We want to be an open, diverse international city. We would like to be welcoming um, to all the people coming here, is it uh, to study, work, or to live here? And uh, we will support that with uh, with many initiatives. Yeah, that's really uh, that's really great. Um, I visited Lubin before, and of course, I never knew what it was before until I started studying here uh, this past uh, school year. And I, in my program, at least, there are a lot of international students. So it's really great that Lubin is really welcoming in that way. And yeah, I also had a, a question about diversity. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of the strongest features of the university, perhaps, that we have such a strong um, uh, presence of different nationalities. But um, of course, this comes with some challenges as well. Uh, so, is there? Uh, we also had uh, an article written by um, one of our one of our editors, who's born in uh, Switzerland, but his. Uh, um, his parents are Turkish, but he said he actually faced like uh, more discrimination in Leuven than he was anticipating. Um, but uh, have you have you encountered many problems like this, or how would you suggest mm. dealing with these kinds of issues? Um, I want to be very clear on that. If there are any students uh, that face discrimination or face uh, problems uh, with their ethnic uh, background or whatever background they have, uh, they should contact me. Really, do contact me personally, send me an email, because I don't tolerate that. And uh, Leuven should be uh, an open, diverse city. Um, of course, we um, uh, probably we do have uh, problems once in a while, but I can say that uh, compared with other cities um, in Belgium, um, the citizens of Leuven are very, very open. We have uh, statistics on that. So, And it's something that I want to cultivate and protect. So uh, please, if there is any issue um, that uh, people uh, live through, 
concerning their background, they should contact me uh, about it. That's really good to know, and I would like to know more about it. Um, but before we go, uh, continue, uh, we'll take a break. And right now, you um, another song from my list is uh, will be oh the Chain Gang of 1974 by Undercover. We'll be right back. Going where my thirst was open for the things that I don't know. Going where I wasn't paying for the hurt that I owe. One half moon sleeping by the creek. And a woman put me under the barn roof for a week. I knew her voice before she spake. I saw grave Welcome back. You're listening to The Voice on Radio 106 FM. We are still here. And I apologize. There was actually a song, uh, Half Moon by Blind Pilot. And I messed up up my uh, plan. But anyway, uh, again, thank you so much, uh, Mr. Rudani, for uh, coming, um, visiting us here in the studio. And uh, I kind of want to ask you to elaborate more on what you said earlier about if any student or international student feeling about... um, or whatever or any kind of 
on discontent uh, what to do so if you can elaborate more on that mm-hmm. so I I, uh, I want in fact Leuven to be a, a model of uh, of diversity and, and a place where people can be free and have uh, and live out through their own identity uh, in all freedom and one of the major initiatives that is coming up is that uh, we have an international house opening uh, very soon at the Teen Sylvester just uh, across the uh, uh, the station a very beautiful building where everyone that comes in uh, being it a student or a researcher or, or someone or an expat will be helped through his research to a housing uh, schooling for the children, but also social integration. So how to find your way around, um, what is the, what can you do in terms of culture, sports, so that um, I really want the people in Leuven to interact more. Yeah. And I would like to see, because students for me are like inhabitants, they're not uh, strangers. And uh, I want them and I urge them to show their culture. Um, I urge the Chinese, uh, Indian, American, uh, Canadian students, show your identity, show your culture, and we will help them in doing so. And in that sense, you will have more understanding uh, between people, I believe, and uh, we will live a a more richer life. That's really what I hope uh, in a world that today is is, is somehow uh, characterized by polarization and extremism. Exactly. Yeah, um, out of curiosity, um, what is your perspective on new students coming in and their adjustment to um, Belgian life? Like, are you hoping that people will learn Dutch? Well, the, if they want so, then the, we will we will be glad to to help them. And uh, many of them actually do. Researchers do when they plan to be here uh, for more than five years, working at university or IMEC or, or whatever institution. They uh, most of the time they send their children to do uh, a Dutch school, to Flemish school, and they learn Dutch as well. Mm-hmm. So why not? But I also motivate uh, our citizens to learn other languages. English and Spanish, Italian, so that their world uh, gets enriched. Sure, sure. That would be ideal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really... um, I met a lot of people when I was traveling from... uh, when I was traveling, especially in Peru, and uh, I found out they actually were from Leuven, and a lot of them went to uh, Caillou Leuven as Mm. well. And a lot of them uh, spoke uh, English, uh, Spanish, Mm -hmm. uh, French, and of course uh, Dutch. And I know a lot of uh, a lot of them as well spoke different language. And I think I know one of them is um, uh, studied uh, Latin, Mm -hmm. so she was really uh, adverse in uh, a lot of the languages as Uh well. So that's really important for, especially for Mm -hmm. international students. Exactly. And I I try to learn Dutch as well, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's not the easiest. (laughs) Real good. Well, I was uh, I was about to say ambition, but (laughs) ambition, yeah, good, yeah, yeah. Thank you, though. But Um, yeah, so um, I also had a question concerning um, how the central focus of the city actually seems to be around the university, and uh, you know it's a a world-renowned university. You have this diverse student population. But because it's such a small city, um, you could kind of see the city being overrun by students, actually. So is it difficult to navigate this balance between um, having like this rich student population and also having non-students who are residents? Yeah, sometimes it uh, people complain and, uh, and they say, yeah, look, uh, the, you have a lot of noise at uh, evening hours and late night hours and students are always awake and they like to party and so on. But what you see is that uh, once the summer is there, and the summer holiday is there, and then all the students 
they start their exodus yeah, and yeah. Uh, go home, whether being it uh, here in Flanders or uh, abroad, then the people start complaining again because then it's too quiet, <laughs> nothing is happening, <laughs> and then they are longing to the return, of, to the big return of the, of the comeback of the students. So it has been for so long like that. And today, one out of three inhabitants is actually a student or a researcher. Really? <laughs> Plus 171 nationalities. It gives a very dynamic atmosphere in the city mm-hmm. and you cannot look at the city without having the university. But there is, I must say, also a Leuven life outside of the university mm-hmm. as well. Uh, we have many activities, events, sports and culture, uh, which is linked purely to the DNA of the city mm-hmm. uh, without interfering with university. But the big presence of that university, as you can imagine, is for us uh, something which is uh, which is a big deal and which is important, of course, to us. You can uh, it's, it's totally part of our d- identity. Yeah, I, I see that. And I think I went to a school in Chicago and it's a city, it's in a city. So this is the first time I actually felt in a college town. Yeah, yeah. And and you have cities where you have universities outside, uh, in a campus outside mm-hmm. of the city, exactly. while here it's, here it's entangled. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's really uh, very much part of the city, and I exactly. think that's good. No, exactly. Uh, uh, we would like to know more about uh, about Lubin and things, but before we go on, we uh, let's take a music break. So this is the song Undercover by the Chain Gang of 1974.
You are listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM in Lubin. Thanks again for listening. So, Marianne, I know you have a lot, uh, you have a few questions you wanted to ask him. So go for it. Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, well, I was uh, I was curious. Belgium is uh, such like a, a green and climate conscious country, um, and I know Leuven also has some goals regarding becoming um, climate neutral or having kind of like a no impact um, footprint. So, uh, what are the specific goals that Leuven has, and uh, how do you plan to reach them? Uh, we are really front runners because uh, last year we've received the European Green Leaf Award, uh, which is the most prestigious award you can get uh, when uh, having a, a strong climate policy. And Leuven wants to become climate neutral, which means that uh, by 2030, we want to reduce 80% of our carbon emissions and we want to do away with them by 2050. Uh, to be there and to get there, we will have to insulate our buildings, uh, to move towards green mobility, more bicycles, uh, do away with personal cars, uh, more public transport, more green areas in the city. Mm -hmm. And to get there, we are cooperating in an organization which is called Leuven 2030, and it's an NGO. And an NGO being supported by the city, but also university companies, uh, other NGOs, citizens, students. So everyone can join in and do their, their fair share. And I, th I believe really uh, Leuven will make it and will be one of the cities that uh, take the lead. That's yeah, really yeah, that's great. very really, impressive. Um, uh, that's really nice to know. Well, I think one, one thing I wanted to ask actually is like how when, when you saw the students leaving every Thursday, and I know there's a, a few discussions about it from other students as well. Do you support that in a lot of ways, or is that yeah. something that you think? Is yeah, good there was a, a demonstration in Leuven as well. They took it to the streets. There were 12,000. It's one of the biggest demonstrations we've had in Leuven. Uh, this was, I think, February. And in fact, I spoke to them. I went to the stage and uh, I spoke to them and I motivated them to continue. And uh, I told them that Leuven is uh, by their side. I got uh, some comments and uh, uh, from the opposition, uh, but uh, I really defended my stand because uh, I believe in those youngsters and I think it's hopeful that yeah. youngsters take it to the streets today for something which is uh, worthful yeah. and which is about their and our future. So I really support them. No, that's something I wish that, uh, that not I wish, I think I will try to um, to teach my nieces and nephews about good, it. And good, good. Yeah. It's important for them. They're the yeah, ones who's yeah and they're very so. conscious about it. No, exactly. Mm. So mm. that's really great. Um, yeah, well, I guess uh, following that, uh, was that one of your goals when you first came into office? Um, and I know you, you had a background in a, like as an economist before, so how did that end up leading into your political career? Um, I wasn't planning going into politics at all. Uh -huh. So it happened to me. Most people uh, say that, right? Yeah, yeah, but still, I'm the son of uh, labor migrants, and uh, this was not something which, uh, which was common, which is common in our family. But um, I went to university, did economics, then I started working at Deloitte, which is, which is a consultancy firm, mm -hmm. and uh, which, which was fun to do. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I had an NGO where we helped youngsters with their homework uh, and deprived children with their homework. And this is how I enrolled into politics. And then I participated in the elections of 2006. And the uh, result was so good that they asked me to become a deputy mayor because my objective was to become a councillor, not a deputy mayor. And uh, this is how I became a deputy mayor. And one of my responsibilities was education. So the project that I had with the deprived children is now a very big project where each year a thousand students 
help more than 1,500 youngsters in Leuven and motivate them into the Buddy project. And I also could start uh, Leuven 2030, so the sustainability program. And today, since January, uh, I became mayor, which is really uh, uh, awesome, but which was never uh, on my mind mm -hmm. when I went into politics. Oh, that's, wow, congratulations. That's, that's really, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. um, I know you have to go soon, but can I just ask one more thing before you go? What's one word that you can describe what, is, what Lubin is like to, to other people? Leuven is groundbreaking in my mind because it is, if wow. I can describe it, <laughs> it, is the, it is the smallest world metropole that I know yeah. and, uh, and the most pleasant one with uh, groundbreaking knowledge, students, diversity yeah. and the good beers because it's the hometown of Stella Artois. Key, yeah. Of course, you can't get away with that. Uh, thank you so much, Mr. Riwani. Thank you, thank you. Uh, although one thing I have to say is like, I have to thank my colleague, Polina, because she's the one who suggested I contact you. And I was actually surprised that you said yes. But again, <laughs> No, with pleasure. <laughs> and uh, I wish all the students, wherever they come from, all the best and all the successes in, uh, in their lives. No, thank you so much. Thanks yeah, again thank for listening. Uh, thanks again, Mr. Riwani. And we'll be right back. And we have this song right now, Home by... Uh, Forget it. Oh, yeah. Edward Shop and the uh, Magnetic Zero. We'll be right back. Well, holy moly, real mind. You're the apple of my eye. Girl, I never loved one like
do you came jumping out after me? Well, you fell on the concrete and nearly broke your ass and you were bleeding all over the place and I rushed you out to the hospital. You remember that? Yes, I do. Well, there's something I never told you about that, right? What did you tell me? While you were sitting in the back seat smoking a cigarette you thought was going to be your last, I was falling deep, deep. Welcome back. You are listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM in Lubin. So, I was, uh, Marianne, what do you think? Yeah, um, maybe it's not, you know, it's kind of like the uncool thing to like politicians, but yeah. man, the mayor is pretty chill. Yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> He's so, a really nice guy. Yeah, I was so surprised when I uh, saw him in the lobby. I was like, okay, I think that's him. I, I looked at, you know, a website what he looks like, and yeah. I found it, and I was like, all right, we got to start our show. But the minute I saw him and spoke with him, he was really chill and just so personable. And no, I he's think, very down to earth, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to compare this, but I have, I want to, you know, Chicago mayor. And, <laughs> and, and, of course, different cities, different countries, but it's still, he was very personable and it's really, it was so easy to talk to him here. Yeah, he was uh, very interested in your music too, by the way. Really? Um, yeah, also, <laughs> wow. as the last song came on, uh, he actually wrote down the name of uh, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. He was unfamiliar with the song home but um i hope he becomes a fan because know, right? they're also a great band live yeah and, uh, <laughs> i mean i don't know if they're still together but well yeah I, they, I actually yeah. no that's one of the things when i choose uh choose my music is to inspire others <laughs> but <laughs> making an impact <laughs> exactly right thanks so. um but i know uh since we had to uh kind of shuffle our, our program because uh, of his time which again, re we really appreciate him coming at all. It's really surprising. I'm so glad that he. Yeah, did he come. always comes to all the all the little events. Exactly. So, uh, but this one is, I guess, little, but also <laughs> big enough for us. So, but what we had planned to do was to actually discuss a little bit of the articles that we have online right now. Um, I know the boys has new articles that are available or soon to be published, and here are some of the articles that I want to share with you today. Um, Ted Bundy, Munster or Ubermensch by Marit uh, Peplinkhausen. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry, Marit, I can't pronounce your name <laughs> properly. Uh, she wrote this opinion piece where she talked her, uh, about her fascination to serial killers, uh, not because of what the, uh, what the killers have done, but how they function as a metaphor to think about morality. Hmm. And She's you, philosophy, so uh, yeah, let's... Exactly. Uh, 
very interesting, right? So if you re uh, read, uh, if you want to read, um, find about more, uh, I actually will, will publish it soon. I know it's not um, online yet, but we will publish it soon. This week, you got to watch for it. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this week, exactly. This week, we'll publish it soon. And also, uh, the longest veggie table, the langste veggie tafel by Tine Koppens. Uh, uh, I think I pronounced it correctly. So, if you're a food lover, this article is for you because it's where you can explore the magical world of plant-based foods at Langste Veggie Tafel in Leuven. It is organized by EVA Flams Braben. <laughs> will take place on the 9th of May at uh, Hoge School Plein. <laughs> Why am I Dutch we, today? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need a Belgian person to come in to just say some words now exactly. and then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, check it out online soon for more uh, information. I know we'll publish this very soon. And also the uh, hidden places of Lubin by Marit and Nara. And Mar uh, Marit actually suggested this before because for some reason she stumbled some of the places that apparently exist in Lubin that <laughs> we just never knew. And for a small college town such as Lubin, there are still hidden places that most students don't know about and yet to be explored. So if you have curious if you have a curious mind and enjoy exploring soon check it out soon <laughs> i should say now right be curious enough to keep checking <laughs> exactly it will be available soon i know it's yeah it's it's gonna be there soon and also we have this lubin uh article called lubin's cut market year 2019 2020 by rani Matilde dams and sehan kea and if you're one of the students who struggled to find a room in Lubin this past school year or in the past, this is for you. Uh, our writers analyzed the housing data available and found some interesting results. And I know, check it out online soon. I think, yeah, it's going to be on, uh, it's going to be available soon. Yeah, you did some uh, investigative journalism here, got some uh, new information that yeah. we exclusively will provide exactly. about the housing market in Lubin. Yeah, and it's actually, I should say, it's a spotlight article, so it's worth checking out, uh, checking it out. But I know, uh, before we go on break, I want to talk about a little bit the uh, the print edition that we, were, uh, what we have coming up soon. Is that correct, right? I think... In about two weeks or so, we'll have it. Yeah, soon. that's the plan. That's the plan. Um, we're all organizing the articles that we want to publish, but of course, keep an eye on it. So. Yeah, it will appear in unexpected places. <laughs> <laughs> well, main place is Pangaya, right? <laughs> so, um, but I know we had a plan that we want to talk about. But before we go on break, I uh, just want to discuss a little bit. Like, you you were gonna ask something about traveling. What we were gonna discuss earlier as the experience we've had about traveling different places. Well, both uh, both you and I have traveled quite extensively before arriving in Leuven somehow or other. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and you were actually traveling for what, about 10 years before you came here, is that I right? I say 10 years, it's easier, but it's a bit less than 10 years. Well, a decade sounds <laughs> okay, solid, almost yeah. almost a decade, right? <laughs> and it seems more interesting for people, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, it's a, a, almost 10 years uh, that I traveled and at that time, it was at that time, I, I don't really I didn't really know where I wanted to go, mm -hmm. but uh, I think the idea was to actually start in South America. And oh, in nice. the beginning, I only planned to stay there for like I don't know six months in South America, anywhere really. But then at that time, also I wanted to do um, uh, Peace Corps. Wow! Yeah, but Ambitious. I didn't get accepted. Yeah, but I didn't get accepted, or they rejected me for medical reasons, which I still. Uh, uh, not happy about <laughs> but uh so i decided well if i still have time 
I might as well keep traveling. So instead of having that plan of six months, it became two years of travel. And then I went back home and then started traveling again or living in different countries such as the Dominican Republic, where I volunteered for another um, organizations there. So, but I want to know more about, especially I want to know your experience as well, Marianne, because I know you also uh, traveled extensively. So Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's always a meandering path for travel, I guess. Yeah, it, I think the idea of just go and travel is one of the best things I've ever experienced. Just like, you know, when you have no set time on where to go. Yeah. But, but before we go, um, before we do that, uh, let's take a break. And as usual, as usual, here's a song from our list for Emma by Bon Iver.
Welcome back. You are listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. Thanks for listening. Um, so, Marianne, I know uh, I briefly discussed my six months part of <laughs> Six family. months out of the ten years, <laughs> ten we're getting years, there. Exactly. Yeah. But I want to ask you, tell me something about your travel, because I'm, I'm, for me, I'm always curious to hear from other people as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's one of these typical stories of like not knowing what to do after uh, university. So I did my um, undergrad in Canada. And yeah, after I graduated, I was applying for jobs I didn't care about because it was too hard to get jobs I did care about. <laughs> and I didn't have any money. And I would love to have traveled, but um, I couldn't afford it. And then I realized, like, oh, you can teach English abroad, and they pay you a pretty decent amount considering yeah. the cost of living. And um, yeah, then then you can also travel around the area. So I moved to Thailand and uh, had a lot of vacation where I saw the whole country. Also went to like Vietnam and Laos. Um, That's really cool, though. Uh, and yeah, so there was there was like a shorter thing, and then I thought, hey, maybe I should move to Berlin because I had heard some good things about Berlin. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's a big leap from Thailand, Bangkok. Yeah, yeah, just outside yeah. Bangkok, outside yeah. Bangkok. And then Berlin, that's really cool though. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, also, I also taught in uh, English in uh, in Thailand. Uh, that was a uh, was quite a ex- uh, an experience. Were you in Bangkok there? Uh, just outside in Ayatuya. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, that's the only place that would allow an Asian person to teach English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very focused on appearance there, actually. Exactly. And fortunately, there was a place where I applied and I thought the kids and the, stu- uh, the teachers really liked me. But then the, uh, the principal said, like, sorry, uh, you don't look uh, American enough. Yeah, yeah. The, it's crazy. It's mostly it's not really about him, although he's, he, he could have just changed it. <laughs> but it's mostly the parents who... I guess basically we're paying for oh, the it's, students. Oh, it's it's very much about like uh, having like showing the proper face, you know. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, sometimes you really feel like a white puppet or something. They just sort of like plop you off in front of the <laughs> kids and say like, "Well, as long as you're white, that'll do the trick." <laughs> All right, exactly. But I mean, when I taught English in the in the Ayatollah, it was actually one of the best experiences, and I never expected or imagined that I could influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, quote unquote influence <laughs> students so, and that was a uh, again that was a great experience for me so but that's good really nice and I'm glad to hear that it's so there's so many things that I always learn from people and even now I still get jealous when I hear people and that's why I, I got jealous when you went traveling and you were able to find cheap fights <laughs> Like, oh, I'm, I'm determined, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, if I didn't do that, what would I do? I'd just, you know, <laughs> hang out in Leuven. Well, you know, like like the mayor said, this is something <laughs> to do here. This is the most vibrant city in the world. <laughs> exactly. How could you not want to be here? <laughs> Didn't did he say it's groundbreaking, right? It is so, a groundbreaking city. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be like the first word that would come to my mind. <laughs> exactly. But <laughs> it's nice. No, no. I mean, I can imagine that's one thing you should say about your cities. So. <laughs> that's really good. But I guess like what's like what's like the best city you've traveled so far in, in the years that you've traveled? Yeah, that's tough. Um, I guess I'd want to like traveled to is a very different question than like the best place to live, you know. So yeah. uh, traveled to, I'd think of somewhere like more, uh, yeah, like more different or more difficult because that's when you sort of like grow from your travel experiences, you know. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like going to India was probably the most interesting trip. 
Really? Um, and especially going into the north of India, though, because people have these sort of like stereotypical ideas about like Mumbai and Delhi, which are more or less correct. But it's like yeah. really fucking busy and polluted <laughs> and often disgusting. But mind you, even those cities have their charms. So I don't want to completely bash them. But yeah. going up into the north of India is like paradise. Really? It's oh. gorgeous. Like amazing mountain views and air and hikes oh. and... People That's, are so nice. No, Food is amazing. I'm jealous because when I was in Nepal, I had I planned to do, uh, to go there, but during my time of travel that way, I was just I didn't have any I didn't prepare for a lot of things, so I didn't mm-hmm. prepare uh, the visa and things. So when I got to uh, when I was in Nepal and I, I just heard from other people like yeah they're going to India. It's like man, can I come? It's like yeah, but then <laughs> they said like well are you American? It's like yeah, it's gonna take a while to get the visa. Ah. I think it's like vis a vis with Americans and Indian uh, India. So. Oh, the visa was a nightmare actually <laughs> when I was going as well. Oh. I went to India twice, most recently a year ago. Yeah. But for the application process, you go on their website and it will crash like ten times in a row before it will let you like process the visa online. <laughs> and there's no alternative. You can try calling someone, they don't care. <laughs> try using a different browser, doesn't matter. It just crashes and crashes. Oh, <laughs> I could have, oh man, they said like when I was in Kathmandu, they were like, yeah, I can go to the office, but like, uh, I think also the cost was a bit expensive for me, but also I heard the process is just painful or pain, <laughs> pain in the ass basically. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I didn't dare to try it because it's just too much. Well, you know what? Maybe it's a good screening procedure. Like, if you're not able to get through the visa process to get to India, like, yeah, don't bother. Like, right? it's not the easiest place to travel. No. So, No, but I'm still jealous because that's one of the places I want to visit. And, you know, when you're trying to visit all the continents, you know, I know, I know India is not a continent, but it's part of a continent. But anyway, I want to visit places like that. And yeah, a, yeah. It's a... It's a it's an what's the expression? Uh, um, an, it's like not missed. Um, it's a must see. Uh, let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. It's a must see place to visit. So. Well, do you know how many countries you travel to actually? Uh, if I counted it correctly, I would say. Uh, I would say thirty-five. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's yeah. Not a lot. I mean, how, how many countries in the world? The hundred, hundred ninety-two, I think. Something like this. Something like that. Um, but still, not a lot. And uh, yeah, is it uh, is it important to you though? Do you like keep track and think like, yeah, I'm at thirty two? Um, in a way, yes, but also because I'm so focused on more like living than mm, yeah, definitely just being there one day on a Saturday. Oh, I visited. I'm yeah. done. No, I'm not like that kind of person. At least not anymore. Yeah. But at the same time, it's always nice to visit other other countries. So, um, but I, uh, Marianne, I want to ask you more a little bit about other countries you visited. But before we do that. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. en el desaparecido que cuando llega ya se ha ido volando vengo volando voy deprisa deprisa rumbo perdido 
parecido Fantasma que nunca está Me dicen el desagradecido Pero esa no es la verdad Yo llevo en el cuerpo un motor Que nunca deja de rolar Llevo en el alma un camino Destinado a nunca llegar Nunca estoy Cuando me encuentran yo no soy El que está enfrente porque ya Me fui corriendo más allá Me dicen el desaparecido Cuando llega ya se ha ido Volando vengo, volando voy Deprisa, deprisa, rumbo perdido Perdido en el siglo Perdido en el siglo Siglo XX cuando llegaré, cuando llegaré, cuando rumbo al 21, cuando llegaré, me llaman el desaparecido, cuando perdido en el siglo, cuando llegaré, cuando llegaré, me llaman el desaparecido. Dicen el desaparecido, fantasma que nunca está. Me dicen el desagradecido, esa no es la verdad. Yo llevo en el cuerpo un motor que nunca deja de rolar. Llevo en el alma un camino destinado a nunca llegar. Me llaman el desaparecido, que cuando llega ya se ha ido. Volando vengo, volando voy. Deprisa, deprisa, rumbo perdido Welcome back. You're listening to The Voice on Radio Scorpio 106 FM. I forgot to mention who that person, uh, who the singer was. And that was Manu Chao and Mano Negro, Desaparecido. De Desaparecido. Right? <laughs> I'm trying to say in Spanish better, right? <laughs> um, well, I want to ask, Miriam, what's like, I know I talked about briefly about our travel experiences, but would you travel after you finish or after you get your degree? Oh, I travel in every spare moment still. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going away this weekend, even though I just went away for Easter break. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say that you want that as your lifestyle and nothing else, though. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wanted in the beginning when I yeah. first traveled uh, uh, 10 years ago. But I realized uh, it's not something I want, even though at that time I was like, no, it's what I want. It's what mm -hmm. I want to continue. But then... As I realized that it's, uh, I changed basically. It's as I realized it's not something I want. So now. So why why did you change your mind? I don't know. I think, as much as I said at that time, like oh, I just want to keep traveling, enjoy life, and see things, mm -hmm. and yeah, immense in the in a local culture. I realized that's not something I want to do all the time. And I like because you want to like pursue living, something else. And or? I want to pursue something else, but I think also 
the, the what influenced me the most is the the kind of stuff that I did then about volunteering and hearing from other people their experiences and also at that time I didn't think it was possible but I think the more the people that I met and the more stuff that they talk the, the stuff that they talked about like what they want to do in their you know in their life or career wise as mm -hmm. well I think it inspired me indirectly I yeah, don't want to admit yeah. that it did or I, there was not a light bulb to say oh my god I want to do what you're doing as well yeah. it's not that it's just I think it gradually uh, or progressed to to what I'm doing now and working here to uh, uh, studying here to may hopefully work for the EU or at least in that capacity mm -hmm. so wow Belgium's the country for you I think yeah I think so so <laughs> but no it, it was really nice to uh, to have that and it's something that I'm really uh, proud of to to uh, to know and I, I guess one of the best things about that type of travel is to uh, able to meet this many uh, this amount of people that I never expected that I would meet anywhere yeah else, definitely really, you know and I always say like yeah Chicago is a very diversity but most of the time you meet the same people and they're yes they're mm -hmm. all Americans but uh, this way I got to meet a lot of Europeans I got to meet a lot of uh, South American uh, people um, and learn from them and Mm -hmm. That was really cool. Yeah, I think that's my favorite thing about travel as well. You just uh, you meet people from all over the world doing crazy things that you never even considered. <laughs> exactly. And uh, yeah, I think it really sort of like broadens your mind as to what's possible. Yeah. So it's just nice that the um, that's the uh, kind of thing that I would like to um, that I wanted to do, but now it kind of changed my mind. So yeah. It's nice. Well, yeah, I think um, it gets tiring being adrift for too long as well. You think like, oh, I kind of want to have steady friends or like a yeah. home, maybe? Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I think that was the biggest thing is uh, as sad as this, uh, this was losing some of the friends that I had back home uh, just because I just traveled too long. Mm -hmm. and I think that I either moved away or realized, well, you're not going to stay here anymore. But still, that's not uh, something that should change but you know it did change well it's so. it's one of the problems that i think a lot of people in our uh generation face though now that we have this sort of like uh the cheap flights you can go somewhere every weekend especially when you're living in europe exactly. um yeah it's uh it's possible to just go traveling the world for for years at a time and yeah. uh that's yeah that's exactly what i want like I, and i think the best part about the way that um i traveled before is it was the freedom really the mm -hmm. freedom of just mm -hmm. going whenever you want so uh but again thank you again so much uh marianne for hosting this with me and uh we, i would like to thank mayor ridwani uh, i re apologize if i'm mispronouncing his name for joining us and as we leave uh, as we leave you for today here's the last song from my list northern wind by city and Clure. And we are the voice on Radio Scorpio 106, uh, 106 FM. Have a great weekend. Marianne? Have a great weekend. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. You're the northern wind Sending chills down my spine You're like falling leaves You're the lullaby That's singing me to sleep You are the other half You're like a mist
missing piece Oh my love Oh my love Oh my love You don't know What you do to me Seasons roll into one. You're like the cold December snow in the warm July sun. I'm the jet black sky. It's just before the rain, like the mighty. Like an old 